Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show in which we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. But mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones, at least Holden does. I, there's a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Jimmy Uthie, joined by my co-host, Holden Sutter. Woo! That's me. I'm here. I'm back. I was on vacation. I bet you guys missed me. You didn't miss Jimmy, though. Anyway, we've got a great show for you today, highlighted by a review of Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Let's do it. That one movie podcast. Stomp. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Holden, before we get to the highly anticipated Quentin Tarantino movie, let's first play Toms. I love Toms! But can can you tell me once again what Toms are, Jimmy? Toms is a rapid-fire game in which we rate the news from this week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Broca, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Broca is the highest rating, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Holden, let's get started. Thanks. I needed that refresher since I was gone for a week. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that already. Happy 20th episode, by the way. This is the 20th time I've tolerated It's Holden. only been 20 episodes? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like that's quite a few, you know. I mean, I feel like that's we've been like, doing this for like three years already. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like being the president. It really ages you. Yeah. Anyway, just a warning. We have a ton of Marvel news this week from Comic-Con. So if you don't care about any of that. Like me. All that <laughs> if you don't care like me. <laughs> Number one Marvel hater, Holden Sutter. That's me. Uh, we're going to put that at the end of Tom's. And so we'll put the, all the other news at the beginning, so you can listen to that. If you don't care about the Marvel uh. stuff, you can skip over it. Everything will be in the time codes, so you can check it out. First off, Holden, though, let's talk about that Cats trailer. Holden, <laughs> what did you think of this uh, thing that came out on the Internet? All right, so um, Cats, I, I've never seen Cats, nor have I listened to the Cats soundtrack or anything. I just vaguely know things about Cats. I know Cats was a very profitable music musical in the 90s that for some reason no one likes now. Like it made a ton of money and was there for a long time and everyone hates it. Um but yeah, this trailer was uh was something else. It was pretty atrocious, huh? <laughs> like I I don't I don't know I don't like hate it. I just think it looks really weird. And, like, I, I've just felt uncomfortable watching. I didn't think it was, like, bad. I just was, like, I don't... This is just making me feel uneasy. And I don't think I would want to watch, like, 90-plus minutes of it. I think it would have just benefited from just having the people be actually in cat costumes. In Yeah, or, yeah, in makeup or something. Yeah, but instead who they... Who knows? Maybe they tried that. <laughs> instead, they're doing a weird uh, CGI monstrosity. Where all of the characters just look like Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. They do. It kind of reminds me of the Cat in the Hat movie. Oh, was he yeah. in an actual? Was Mike? Yeah, that Myers was in an actual costume. That was actual or was costume. That CGI. Yeah, that was still terrible. It so was. maybe I think I think we just need to do with 
out the humanoid cats. They should have just done straight up cats, you know? Yeah. The <laughs> actual cats. Yeah. They should have got John Favreau <laughs> to do the do this after the Lion King. Yeah, they should have just was okay. Yeah. We didn't see I'm it. I'm glad we, we didn't, didn't care. see it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we would have had nothing to say. We would have been like, yeah, it's the Lion King, <laughs> only it, it's photorealistic kind of. It won't hold up in 10 years. For better or worse. I'm going to give the Cats trailer a Bergeron. I think people are being a little harsh on it. I think the Sonic trailer was just more face palming than the Cats trailer. Yeah. And it's got it's got a good cast. I mean, you have like James Corden, uh, Ian McKellen. Uh, you, you started- <laughs> also, Ian McKellen as a cat looks silly to me. Yeah. You s- Taylor Swift is in there. <laughs> you started out the good cast listing with James Corden, and I don't like James Corden, so I'm going to give it like a bombadil. You like James Corden? Ouch. I don't like what? James Corden. What do you have against James Corden? I just I don't find him funny. Well, okay. I don't like. I, he's all right. I mean, he was like, the thing I remember him from acting was funnier than you. Oh <laughs> shit! You're probably right. <laughs> That's why he's got a I'm talk show, and I'm. Much, am I right? That's why. I, that's why he's got a talk show, and I'm on a two-bit podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it'll probably be fine. It's got the director of Les Mis attached to it, so. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna give it a bombadil though, because it looks <laughs> it looks scary, and I don't want to see it. <laughs> it comes out I, like the same the... day as Star Wars or something. <laughs> It does? I th- yeah, it comes out like what? within a week or two of that. <laughs> no one is going to see I it. Know. It's going to absolutely bomb. Well, That's bombadil. A, what a, what a silly. Bombadil, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Uh, well, that's just a terrible mistake by the studio. Yeah. And and based on the fact that it's like literally 100% CGI and even like the scale of everything is really weird and seems inconsistent that's how it uh is in the uh musical and the actual musical though too everything's a weird size and not consistent (laughs) that doesn't make it (laughs) like that just makes it seem dumb yeah I know like what are you doing (laughs) I would change you know what bombadil I'm changing it because it's gonna bombadil oh yeah it comes out the same week as Star Wars (laughs) What a stupid idea. And then the next it week... It wasn't going to make any money anyway. The n- and then they're like, well, we might as just... Well, we might as well uh, just embrace the tanking of this movie the next and just week, release it. The next week is... Star Wars. The next week is Will Smith Pigeon movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. With Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm way more interested in that yeah, than Yeah, Cats. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Let's let's get away from the the felines. Let's get uh let's transition to Hans Zimmer who will compose the soundtrack for Denis Villeneuve's Dune movie instead of Christopher Nolan's upcoming film Tenet. This will be the first time Nolan hasn't worked with Zimmer uh hasn't had Zimmer compose for him since The Prestige in 2006. Uh Dune was one of Hans Zimmer's favorite books as a teenager mm-hmm. and he loves Villeneuve's work so when it came to deciding between the two he went with Dune instead uh, but luckily for Christopher Nolan he is getting Ludwig Göransson uh, to compose the score for Tenet he is the composer who won the Oscar for his work with Black Panther and he's also compu- uh, composing music 
for the Mandalorian Star Wars series coming hmm. to Disney Plus. Holden, your thoughts? Uh, well, I think it's good that we got someone big like Hans Zimmer attached to Dune. I'm pleased with that because Dune's going to be a big movie. I want someone who can do big music like good big music like Hans Zimmer. That has me even more excited for this movie. Um, and then the the other guy on Nolan, it's, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, do you have a thing against Christopher Nolan? No, I no, I love Christopher Nolan. I just Ludwig Joransson. Yeah, he's just kind of like I don't know who he is. So, well, he's only like done Black Panther. Oh. Like, I mean, we'll see how the Mandalorian is. The I Black guess. Panther soundtrack was okay. It's unique. Yeah, it is. That, so we'll see what he does for the Mandalorian. Based on that, I'll be more interested. Yeah. So. There you go. I'm going to give this a Broca. I think this is a win-win. I do, too. Well, it's it's a win and a maybe win. So, because we don't really know anything about that other guy. <laughs> I'm going to give it... You won an Oscar. Yeah, but, I mean, it's Black Panther, so... So, so did Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I'm going to give it a Broca, though, as well. All right, Holden. Some DC news before we get into the Marvel news. We just have one little tidbit. Uh, the Batman movie adds the cinematographer of Rogue One. Greg Frazier is his name. Okay. Rogue One's a great-looking movie. I would love to see a Batman movie that looks super cool as well. Yeah. So I'm going to give this a Broca. Well, as long as it doesn't look like the stupid Batman v Superman, I'll give it a Broca. <laughs> as long as it's just not gray yeah. and smoke. <laughs> Give it a, you know what, give it a nice uh, Tim Burton touch to it, huh? There you go. Yeah, that that uh, really gothic Gotham. Yeah, I love that. You know. That's my favorite type yeah, of Gotham. That's pretty yeah. good. I'll give it a Broca. Broca. All right. Uh, We've got a set of... Wh- what? Wait, is uh, is Marvel mo- News going to take up the rest because I have something else? No, I've got more news. Okay, let's just do Marvel News then. No, I've got other things. Oh, still. I thought you said Here. Marvel news was okay. No, just man. keep going. We're we're just getting started. Here. Right. We got some Quentin Tarantino news before we get into Tarantino's movie later. Uh, first, Tarantino says that he could direct the Star Trek movie without it being his final film, but also maybe it could be his final film. He says uh, he would like to end with an original, but he thinks he should commit to the star trek movie if he makes it so maybe it will be his final film if he makes it who knows what he's talking about what he's gonna do i what i don't know i i have a strong feeling that if he directs the star trek movie it won't be his last one i would hope not i if he does and it's his last one that i think that's very disappointing yeah i mean I won't be disappointed if it ends up being like the greatest science fiction movie ever made, but I, yeah, I have a feeling he'll, you know, if, if I feel like it wouldn't even fulfill himself, like he wouldn't feel fulfilled if it was his last movie. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but (laughs) (laughs) oh, I do. Oh, okay. Jimmy enlighten (laughs) us. And believe me, he wouldn't. (laughs) Um, I will give this a Bergeron because just make 15 movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it a Bergeron because he was very inconsistent in the different interviews. So who knows what he's sticking to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, another uh, movie thing, Tarantino loophole. Uh, he recently chatted with Uma Thurman on the possibility of making Kill Bill Volume 3, which, of course, doesn't count as another film <laughs> because it's part of Kill Bill. 
<laughs> so he makes loopholes for some movies, but he might not for other movies. Yeah. But who knows what's going on? Uh, he may not make this movie too. Who knows? I would love to see Kill Bill Volume Three. I would too. Um. So you know, I guess if he's chatting about it and he's talking to Uma Thurman, uh, that's a good sign. So I'll give this a broke up. I will too. I just bought the uh, the first two movies on DVD at a garage sale, like just a couple days ago actually and i'm gonna rewatch them i'm pretty excited dvd the way it was meant to be seen (laughs) well it was they were like 50 cents a piece so i'm like all right (laughs) all right final piece of tarantino news tarantino wrote five episodes of bounty law a fictional western that stars rick dalton leonardo dicaprio's character from once upon a time in hollywood Mm -hmm. this show is in the movie if you've seen it, he's written five episodes of this show, and he actually wants to make them. <laughs> he doesn't expect that DiCaprio would be involved or interested. I mean, he probably wouldn't have the budget to do it. Yeah. But he wants to make five episodes of this cheesy 50s, 60s-esque Western. I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen, like, an old Western show, so, I mean, I guess any of the... Uh old callbacks and whatnot might be lost on me but i think it would be very entertaining to see him direct five episodes of a tv show i'm going broke off. i will too <laughs> there you have it hold on i have to sneak in some star wars news. oh jesus <laughs> okay <laughs> go ahead uh so kevin smith number one annoying <laughs> star wars fan <laughs> on the internet was visiting the set of star wars episode nine the rise of skywalker and he heard from the cast and crew that the final scene in the final set of Star Wars Episode Nine is going to melt people's minds. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to go see it, but then J.J. Abrams pulled him aside. He's like, hey, man, some things are just meant to be seen in the context of the movie with everything finished and edited. Just wait to see it in the movie theater. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> so he didn't see it, but everybody was telling him that the final scene and the final set will melt people's minds. Well, if that's true, that's a broka. I feel like, but I, the thing that's really interesting to me about this is that it's a set. Yeah. And this, like, they would describe the set as the thing that will melt our minds. So I don't know exactly what it could like. It's not like it's going to make you cry. That would make, you know, that seems like something that would make sense. But, like, melt our minds. I'm trying to imagine something that would, like, be that insane at the end of a movie, at the end of the trip. Like, they're not going <laughs> to, like, uh, um, we listened to another podcast. Uh, we both follow this one podcast. They were talking about the same story. And they were they were bringing up like if, if they just see like the Statue of Liberty <laughs> at the end of the Star Wars. The movie. Weekly Planet is the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that was so funny. I was dying laughing. I uh, and like that would just be terrible. <laughs> I <laughs> just they're on Earth. I I really hope that it's gonna be at the end of the movie. Captain Marvel comes in and saves them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah it's just part of the mcu yeah they just bump into the guardians of the galaxy (laughs) (laughs) um so that has me wondering uh i just don't know what the set could be that would melt our minds 
Yeah. We'll see. We can't know. We can't know. It'll probably leak, yeah. but I won't find out. But Kevin Smith won't leak it. No. Thank you, Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a Broca. Yeah, I'm going to give it a Broca, too, because that has me excited, assuming it's but true. But this has... This might be that case of classic overhyping. Yeah. Or maybe, like, they just hired Kevin Smith to say that. But it, it, Kevin Smith didn't say that. It was literally people on the crew were telling him this. No, but Kevin Smith said that they oh, said. said. Oh, so he did the... they paying him to say that they said yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There you go. Switcheroo. Why, why didn't they pay me to say that? I know. <laughs> Holding on to far more important news. We got some Saw news this week. Oh, I saw this. Jimmy, I'm so excited. Oh, pun intended. (laughs) I hope we're talking about the same thing. I think so. Hopefully we're not. Hopefully the additional Saw news. I doubt it. Chris Rock's spinoff is going to come. This release date is pushed up five months (laughs) to May 15th uh, next year instead of October 23rd next year. That was reported recently. Which means, Jimmy, we can see it before you graduate. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to go for, to it for my birthday, but now, you know, my birthday's coming early <laughs> next year, I guess. I'm, at least I'm getting my present early. This is an easy Thomas Brokaw. It I forgot is. his middle name already. I'm, that, that's so surprising to me because you, you, like, never see movies move updates, especially, like, that significantly. I mean, I know it's a Saw movie, so it's, like, made with a shoestring <laughs> budget but like in like a couple weeks yeah <laughs> but still that's, <laughs> in that's a pretty basement. impressive they're just they're just using the bathroom set again <laughs> it's just a remake of the first movie with all Chris right Rock. what are the what are the odds the bathroom set shows up oh it probably will i bet this movie's Has just to. gonna be called saw <laughs> saw 2019 saw 2020 no or 2020, 2020. yeah okay <laughs> saw 2020 in the I what's some vision pun you could make? <laughs> I don't know. Hindsight is twenty. Hinds- oh, there we go. Hindsight Hind- is twenty twenty. <laughs> could do that for the All tagline. Right. All right, you got any other news before we get into Marvel news galore? Uh, did you heard uh, Rutger Howard died? Oh yes, the the actor from Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, famous Dutch actor from the seventies and eighties, but he is most significantly known in America as uh, Roy Batty in Blade Runner, and also the hobo from Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, you know what? I'm not a fan of people dying. I'm not either. God, I'm say He's that. pretty good in Blade Runner. So I'm gonna give him a broka on life. Probably, unless he did terrible things. But I think he was a good guy, did. but also I don't know anything about him aside from his Abe, work. He was good in Blade Runner. I'll give him a Brokaw for his performance in Blade Runner, yeah. nonetheless. Brokaw. On to the onslaught of Marvel news. Woo-hoo! You have been warned. All right, skip All right. ahead if you don't care about Marvel, but, I mean, everyone like, likes Marvel. like Holden. Yeah, like me. <laughs> Number one Marvel hater, Holden Sutter. <laughs> um, first off, Holden... Avengers Endgame, finally, thanks to Disney's just <laughs> attempt after attempt, has become the highest grossing film of all time. I feel like with an asterisk. Well, I mean, not adjusted for infl- inflation. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> how long was it in theaters? They just kept going and going and re-releasing well, it. 
to be fair, that's they, what Avatar did too. In the Ava- towel. Avatar was in theaters for like several months just because nothing else was out around that time, and then it later on got a re-release too. Like it was probably in theaters longer than Endgame was. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to give this a Bergeron. I don't really care I'm at gonna, this point. I felt like they tried so hard to get it rather than just getting it. I've seen a lot of like cynical posts on the internet be like, oh, wow, Disney just beat out Disney for the highest grossing movie of all time and stuff like that. But I mean, Disney didn't make the original a- or didn't make Avatar. No. So I'm still giving it a win for Disney. No, they're only going to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar was this flawless movie, and now, and now they're gonna ruin they're it. They're gonna ruin it by making four <laughs> movies that Disney that they were gonna make anyway. Yeah. <laughs> James, that they literally had no part in the creative process <laughs> with. Okay, I'm gonna give it a uh, Brokaw because good for Endgame. Endgame's a much better movie than Avatar. Don't fight. All right, me. I probably agree with that. Although I haven't watched the majority of avatar in a long time i just see bits of it on tv and i'm like yeah this is fine (laughs) the end of the movie is pretty good the rest of it's kind of boring all right holden on to all the comic-con news marvel revealed phase four there was a lot there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was, We're going to go mostly in order here. I was at the uh, Sioux Falls Jazz Fest as these announcements were coming out, and I was, like, keeping up with them. <laughs> so o- many things. Only because I wanted to, you know, hate on it and just yell about yeah, it at Jazz which Fest. Which is like, yeah, Holden's an active hater yeah. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with Black Widow, uh, which will be the next Marvel film, it sure right? will. Yes, coming out May 1st, 2020. It's going to take place after Civil War, before Infinity War, because, you know, (laughs) that's when Black Widow's alive. (laughs) Spoiler (laughs) alert, Jimmy, for, like, the two people that haven't seen it. Um, And Taskmaster, uh, who appeared in Spider-Man PS4, may be in this movie as a villain as well. Yeah. People have seen him on set. That's about all the news I have on this. Hold on. Are you excited for a Black Widow movie? Of course, Scarlett Johansson will be reprising the role. Yes. I also liked, because I'm not sure I had heard before, but David Harbour and Florence Pugh are going to be in it. I like both of those people. Florence Pugh was in Midsommar, which was the last movie we reviewed. Which is. Yeah. Thank you for listening to that, by the way. Yeah. Unless you did and it. David Harbour's in Stranger Things. And thanks for nothing. Which you still haven't seen. He's the sheriff? Yeah. Boom. He's like the Got best it. character in the show. There you go. All right. I'm going to give Black Widow a Brokaw. Yep. Brokaw. For her sacrifice. Yep. Good job, Black Widow. Even though you're back now. I'm probably more excited for this movie than some of these other stuff. Here we go. All right. Let's On to <laughs> the Eternals. <laughs> Uh, introduced briefly in the Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess. I read that online. I really don't know what the Eternals are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were apparently sent to Earth 35,000 years ago to protect the world from things called deviants. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Uh, part of Some of the cast here is pretty impressive. Richard Madden, who you may recognize as Rob Stark from Game of Thrones, Angelina Jolie, and Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, the series is, um, or excuse me, the movie, correct? Yeah, movie. Is set to release on November 6th, 2020. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
I don't. Well, I'm more excited for the cast. I don't personally know a lot about the Eternals. I know they're basically like godlike beings. They're closer to gods than like the Asgardians are because they're more aliens than anything. Yeah, I don't know. It it sounds like it could be good. They made the Guardians of the Galaxy good. I I have faith in them. There we go. Uh, I'll give this a bridge run. Same. Just because I don't know, but I like the cast as well. I do too. There we go. On to The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, which will come out fall of 2020 on Disney+. Plus. Hold on your thoughts on this series. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this one, mostly because uh, Zemo's back and he's wearing his purple helmet thing. (laughs) 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 And I like the purple helmet thing, and that was missing in Civil War, so I'm going to give it a bro call only because of purple helmet. So people don't know who that character is, which I would not have until researching this stuff for this podcast. But that is the guy who's played by, I forget the actor's name. Daniel Bruhl. Daniel Bruhl in Captain America Civil War. He's just kind of like this schemer in that movie. Yeah, because it's like his family died during the events of Age of Ultron or whatever. Ah. Uh, he's also in Inglorious Bastards as the German, the Nazi sharpshooter. Yeah. So you may recognize him from that movie as well. And the Cloverfield um, Paradox. And the Cloverfield <laughs> Paradox. <laughs> Both equally good movies. Yeah, on par. <laughs> um, so, you know, this movie sounds, or this TV show, I mean, it's got, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> so that sounds pretty interesting. I'll not. give it a Broca. Yeah, I'm going to give it a Broca too. I said that already, but. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, set to release in February of 2021. Mm-hmm. They uh, uh, Shang-Chi is like a mar- martial arts superhero sort of guy. Is he have any powers? I don't know. I'm not sure he I don't does. know anything about him. I've never heard of him before like today Mm -hmm. uh they casted a an actor slash martial arts stuntman by the name of simu liu um and they also cast tony luang uh to play the mandarin Mm -hmm. who may actually get a good representation (laughs) on screen for once um aquafina has also joined the cast not the water. Not the, the water. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, you know, Game of Thrones, just leaving stuff on set. But <laughs> <oof>. <laughs> the person. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for this. I think that's a pretty cool genre, untapped genre in the MCU, a martial arts movie. I think that'd be interesting to see. And uh, seeing a new, actually cool Mandarin would be neat as well. I'm gonna, I, I want to give this one this a This is a off. movie or a show? This is a movie. This is a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think martial arts are cool. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a broca. And it's a new hero. I don't know anything about him. I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. All right. On to the worst titled thing in the history of everything. WandaVision. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus on spring 2021. Uh, may take place during the 1950s or in multiple decades, possibly. It sounds like it's going to be throughout time obviously features wanda aka the scarlet witch mm-hmm. and vision 
Vision. <laughs> AKA Vision. <laughs> AKA I'm going to kill you, Paul Bettany. Yeah. I'm still coming after you. I didn't ooh, forget about ooh. that. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I th- This show is probably the one I know the least about. I, it's not that I care about it the least. I just, I don't know. I haven't. I think of all these, this is the one I care about the least. These are literally the two least interesting characters to me <laughs> I, in the in the MCU I, probably. The concept, so I'm gonna give it a a bomb, but there you go. The concept uh, to me kind of sounds interesting. I think it sounds. I'm more interested in it than I am like the Eternals probably. Uh, I'm gonna give it a bro, not bombadil. What's in between? Bergeron. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 20th time we did that holden that's why i remind yeah, you yeah i know the rules <laughs> and i still you can't remember you're ready you're not ready. i still can't remember jesus christ <laughs> on to loki featuring the character loki <laughs> also known AKA as loki loki yeah this is another series coming to disney plus in spring 2021 this is going to be the loki from avengers endgame when they're going through the multiverse thing not the loki who died in avengers infinity war and from uh you know all the other stuff Mm -hmm. it's like the during the original avengers movie loki Mm -hmm. uh as i was sitting here like thinking about it it's kind of interesting because most of these shows are like characters i that probably aren't going to show up in the films soon if ever again and like they're connected to the mcu but they're not really gonna have an effect on it i guess because like if this is the loki from a different dimension like what's his effect on our dimension mcu gonna be i don't know um but i'm excited for it regardless uh, I don't know if I'm super interested in this one. Loki was never one of my favorite characters or villains. Sorry, I know a lot of people like him. Um, and also, just like, like like you mentioned, if he doesn't really have a direct impact on what's going on in the MCU, I don't really have the incentive to watch it. And the logo looks just abysmal yeah. to me. <laughs> that was it confusing. It looks like I made it in seventh grade I'm- when I first found out what after effects was i'm i'm excited for it because i think like loki is charismatic well, and i'm tom hiddleston is charismatic enough to pull a, a lead role in this show off and i'd be really interested to see what loki what wacky misadventures loki ends up doing you know all right there you go i'm gonna give it a bergeron broca bergeron broca Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness is coming May of 2021. It is, uh, quote-unquote, the scariest Marvel movie yet. It's also rated PG-13. So it can't be that scary. scary. I don't know. Far From Home was pretty scary. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Okay. Um, And so what had, you know some things in it that, that I won't spoil if you haven't seen it. There's some scary stuff skeleton in, in it. Not as scary as Doctor Strange. I got kind of scared by the skeleton. There you go. Um, this is one I'm more interested in than the others just because I like Doctor Strange, especially in like Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'll look, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm more excited for the movies, I think, than the shows. Just because the shows are commitment. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want to watch that much more marvel stuff it's like it's one thing to go to the a theater like every three months Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's another to be like i'm gonna 
spend several nights watching this well consistently even if this is like kind of a tame horror movie or something like that or like has it like not so scary horror elements i think it will make it interesting enough just having those in there like because i assume it'll be it'll it'll have a different feel than most of the mcu movies so i'm I'm interested that gets me excited too i'm gonna give this a broke same here also, the title's it, pretty good. Yeah, Multiverse of Madness. Keeping it fresh, Doctor Strange. Thank you very much. On to next, on to the next thing. It is what if dot 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 question mark. Uh, this will be an animated series on Disney Plus in summer 2021. It has basically the entire Marvel cast returning to reprise their roles in these what if scenarios. So basically, they go, you know, what if the avengers lost to thanos or something yeah and this is what would play out like a hypothetical situations they do this in comics sometimes i know yeah there's a whole so, i mean there's a whole series called what if in the comics yeah so this is this would be interesting to see animated stuff i think it depends on the episode for me which i that's another thing i like this is one where you don't have to watch all the episodes mm-hmm. i would think so you can just you know on an episode basis and i want to see the uh zombie stuff that they're throwing out there the zombie avengers that people are talking about i'm real excited for this i think this has a potential to be really really cool and hopefully like the anim hopefully they go uh with a good animation style for this let's let's hope they don't do like crappy 3d animation or something you know all right there you go i'm gonna give it a brokaw yep brokaw on to the next one (laughs) hawkeye (laughs) Uh, it's a series on Disney Plus coming out in the fall of 2021. I don't care. Oh, yeah, I think John. this is the one I care about the least. <laughs> I think it also maybe has the best logo. I like the retro sort of. Yeah, but Hawkeye they d- they just thing. took that from a comic. Yeah, but it looks cool. I, I guess. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same Bombadil. Thor: Love and Thunder coming November 5th, 2021. Uh, Taika Waititi is returning as the director as well. He, of course, directed Thor Ragnarok, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. One of the better Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, if not people's favorites. Yeah, it's some people's favorites. Uh, Natalie Portman is also back as Jane Foster. People are mixed about that. I don't care <laughs> because I literally haven't seen the first two Thor movies. So I think I don't know what she's like. Well, if if the first two, the problem with the first two Thor movies is like the directors on them aren't they don't have like a great style to them or anything and i i think they just didn't know what they were doing very well so having a talented director like taika watiti i'm more excited to see her come back i'm yeah i'm more down for a ragnarok style movie yeah which seems based on the logo seems like what we're gonna get i can i'll admit i was like a huge thor hater in the early days of the MCU, I thought he was just the stupidest thing ever, and now he's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's one of my favorite Avengers. I'm kind of so, I'm kind of hoping we still get Asgardians of the Galaxy, you know? Yeah, well, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I'm gonna give this a broke. Another side note here: Valkyrie will be the first openly gay hero in the MCU. So good, there you go. Good for there. her. Good for Valkyrie. Um. Any? Do you have your rating? Uh, I'm going to give that a Brokaw. There you go. Uh, one other major bits of news, and then we'll get into other side notes. 
uh, the last thing Marvel announced really was that Blade is going to be part of the MCU. Oh, yeah. And will be played by Mahershala Lala Ali. I'm really excited for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mahershala Ali, of course, is the Academy Award winning actor from Moonlight and True Detective and what else is he in? I feel like he's in more stuff. Uh, I'm blanking. Green Book. Is he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so there's no release date, no director yet, but uh, they just announced this. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Um, I don't really... I haven't seen the Blade movies or in, or read any comics or anything, so I really don't know anything about the character. See, that, uh, that's funny because... This was announced uh, when this was announced. I just happened to catch Blade on TV like a couple days later. I haven't seen any of them, and I only watched like the first half hour, and it's really not very good. It's pretty corny. It's ki- <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> like it's got that like late '90s, early 2000s action in it, and it's kind of funny, but it's not very good. Um, but Blade has been sitting with like Marvel for a while now, and I know like. I think that's partially because they like didn't want to get Wesley Snipes angry and like get the fans of the original <laughs> trilogy angry. Um, and so I, I don't know if you heard, but Mahershala Ali actually called up Marvel to get this started. Yeah. So the story that I'd heard, the rumor is that like after he won his Oscar, like shortly after he's like, Hey, I want to be in a Marvel movie. Or he specifically Stupid. said blade is what I he heard. specifically said. Yeah. Blade. There you go. And well, as someone, <laughs> as you, are someone who personally knows Mahershala Ali, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you'd be able to. I he was, I was the first one he that. told, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, no, I I think that since he's if he's really like passionate about this and really wants to do this, I think this could be great. Well, there you go. As long I think it needs to be R rated though. It probably won't be, but the first ones were and. That certainly gave them a uh, certain quality that I think this, this should have. All right. I'm going to go Bergeron just because of uh, lack of uh, exposure to the brand. I'm going to give it a Brokaw. There you go. Other movies that were announced, we can just lump these together. Uh, they just briefly mentioned them. Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Captain Marvel 2, Fantastic Four, and some sort of mutants movie. Probably X-Men. Probably an X-Men movie. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think about this until we were talking about it, but uh, notable omission from this. No Deadpool. Oh, yeah. I, where that is, is Deadpool? There's got to be a Deadpool uh, 3. I mean, like, yeah, certainly, right? Yeah. In Phase 4? Well, to just skip over Deadpool? I, I, I think there was something a while ago where Deadpool, or I said Deadpool, but I meant Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds <laughs> said something about that they were going to keep making them or something? Yeah, well, they, they said they were going to keep doing them and that they're going to be rated R. Yeah. But then they, they uh, that's nowhere to be seen here. That's probably just going to be a surprise announcement sometime. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll give it a, a Broca, I guess, because for uh, at least Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which will, I hope, is the As Guardians of the Galaxy movie they were setting up in Endgame. Yeah. I'm I'm mostly I'm gonna give it a Brokaw because I'm I'm so excited for Captain Marvel two my favorite Marvel superhero. 
who will come in at the end of episode nine yeah, and, and melt the their minds. <laughs> uh, final, final tidbit of news, and then we can wrap over this obscenely long Marvel Toms <laughs> thing that we've been forced to do by the Disney overlords. Thank you, Disney. Uh, according to Kevin Feige, when he told me this <laughs> personally. <laughs> Marvel, well, he told it to Tarantino, who told me it was a, you know, <laughs> a thing. Uh, Marvel has already planned Phase Five secretly. They know everything that's going to happen. That doesn't surprise in, like, me the at next all. Six years of Marvel movies. That doesn't surprise anyone. No, because they've got the money making formula down. Yeah. Well, and they, they've had a lot of it planned. Well, I mean. For, from the very start they didn't have too far in but they've had like infinity war and how this is all how this is all played out this has been like down for quite a while so i'm not surprised at all there you go bergeron (laughs) (laughs) i'll give it a bergeron too there you go that's tom's let's get out of this thing let's review a tarantino movie bye tom see you next week I want to tell you a story. It's official, old buddy. It has been. What are you talking about, man? You're Rick Dalton. Don't you forget it. Here I come. Smooth leave. You're goddamn right. On July 26th, in a town of make-believe, things are about to get real. Charlie's gonna dig you. Damn it. Once upon a time in Hollywood... Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood visits 1969 Los Angeles, where everything is changing as TV star Rick Dalton, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth, played by Brad Pitt, make their way around the interest around an industry they hardly recognize anymore. The ninth film from the writer-director features a large ensemble cast and multiple storylines and a tribute to the final moments of Hollywood's golden age. Olden non-spoiler review of Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to my man Joe Lust uh, once again. Apparently, I I heard this secondhand, but Joe Lust says this is his favorite Tarantino movie. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, However, this is... I, I liked this movie but it's it might be my least favorite one least favorite tarantino movie and that's i have not seen jackie brown and i have not seen death proof which are i think considered the only two two worst i haven't seen either of those either um but i i liked this movie but when i was when i was like comparing them in my head i'm like well all, all of his other movies are so great i think this is just below a little bit yeah, I I hesitate to rank it quite yet because I'm like, I, it for me it's like the second time I watch a Tarantino movie, then I know how much I like it. Mm-hmm. You gotta like let it marinate a little bit. Um, but I definitely overall enjoyed this movie yeah. quite a bit. Um, I don't think it'll ever be my favorite Tarantino oh, no. movie, um, but I don't. We'll see. It might it might be ahead of the Kill Bills for me, but I I think. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta let it gotta marinate. I gotta see it, it again. Yeah. Gotta see the other movies again too. And uh, it's very good. I think is what we can say. Yeah. Um, 
But let's uh, let's dive into some the, more specific stuff. Of course, not spoiling anything. First off, this is a long movie, two hours and forty-five minutes. And some people have been saying it's a little slow, it's a little boring. Holden, did this movie drag for you? That's my biggest gripe about this movie. Is I I'm a big Tarantino fan. I understand uh, slow pacing in his movies. I think the first hour and twenty minutes is far too slow. Interesting. I uh, well. I'll have to we'll have to talk about when you think the movie picks up. Yeah, there's like uh, in the spoilers. I there's like there's some scenes in the first in that first part that I think are are like great and like fun, like fun and paced well or whatever. I think this movie is just too slow though to get going. But once it gets going, it's it's very good and I have very few problems with the second half, but yeah, I don't know. That's my biggest gripe about this movie. It's just takes a really long time. I was like looking at my watch ooh a few times. I don't know. Um one thing I will say is that I really don't remember a ton of stuff that happens in the first act. Mm-hmm. And that might be because of great things that happen later in the <laughs> yeah. movie overshadowing everything. Sec- well, yeah, like I said, the second half of the movie and especially especially towards the end, it's just so many memorable things happen. It- uh, which we'll get into in spoilers, mm-hmm. of course. Uh for me, this movie dragged in the in the second act for me. One really? scene in particular, there it's a pretty extended scene. I didn't think it quite had the payoff to make it worthwhile because I mean Usually, I mean, they look at Inglorious Bastards, for example. They have very long scenes, but the payoff of those scenes are exceptional. Mm-hmm. This, I didn't feel quite the same way with a certain scene in the second act. I think it's been pretty divisive, and the people have said they really liked it. Other people are like, what was kind of the point? I'm kind of, yeah, um, I think I know what scene you're talking about, and I think I really like that scene, so I'm interested to talk about it. But we'll get into right. it later. Um Anyway, we can talk about performances in this movie. You want to do that? I was I was going to bring that up. Okay. DiCaprio and Pitt are absolutely fantastic yeah. in this movie. Perfect casting. They nailed it. God. Their chemistry is ridiculous. They're both perfect in their roles. They're like they best are, friends in real life now, too. They are like <laughs> the best part of this. It's like one of those things that's like, I want to see these characters in a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. I could sit and watch them talk to each other all day. Yeah. Brad Pitt is my favorite character in the movie. A lot of people have been saying Brad Pitt kind of steals the show. I think he's, I mean, uh, we'll talk about it later, of course, but I like Brad Pitt a lot in this, and he nails it. I think people are over. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is getting overshadowed for me a little bit. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is excellent. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Like, what? Probably my favorite performance of his of any movie i think the thing i think the thing with both of them is is like pitt's kind of uh, i'll compare it to another tarantino movie pitt's kind of like the uh samuel l jackson in pulp fiction where he's definitely like the funniest and most entertaining character so he kind of steals the show that way and i think that's why he's my favorite character he's just like the most entertaining to watch but i mean dicaprio has just such a like good dramatic performance and he's got some funny moments too but they're both very good in their own ways yeah they are they're excellent which brings me to the side characters and not necessarily the acting because i think the acting overall is great Mm -hmm. i don't think there was a performance that i thought wasn't good no but 
I didn't necessarily think the side characters met that Tarantino level of interest. Yeah. Like, they just kind of blended in. I don't... There wasn't, like, oh, this is an iconic side character that's hilarious or just off the wall or weird or... I mean, there's some... Like, there's attempts at it. I just don't think the entertainment value brought by them adds a ton. No. I... So, I I kind of thought about this, but I've been seeing a lot of articles, like, talking about how a lot of side characters, especially uh, Sharon Tate, aren't used to their full potential and whatever. And... I agree with that, but I also think Tarantino, since he's so like enthralled with this time period and all that, that he might have been just trying to pre- portray these actors in like the way that the public saw them normally anyway, because they yeah. kind of seemed like just like Sharon Tate was just kind of like you know the the nice party girl or whatever. We saw a little bit of Steve McQueen, and he was like this cool chain smoking dude or whatever. Uh, they uh, they just kind of seemed like yeah bruce lee as well yeah bruce lee as well and i i i think that might have been what he was going for with these characters um and we can talk about each of those kind of more in depth in the spoilers too um i just didn't think they added a lot except for one uh actor who i will talk about in the uh, spoiler review i don't really want to give anything away about it but yeah this actor shares a scene with Leonardo DiCaprio and basically steals the scene from Leonardo DiCaprio, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that in spoilers. Um, but other things I want to talk about, uh, we kind of mentioned it. The 60s aesthetic, it's great. Yeah. It, this movie looks like the 60s. It feels like the 60s. People act like it's the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's great. There are hippies everywhere. I mean, it's, it's a good time. It's Tarantino's favorite time period, so of course he's going to get it perfect. It's my favorite time period. Well, it's okay to be wrong, both you and Tarantino. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this movie also does a great job in addressing the idea of becoming outdated and irrelevant. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of critics are like, Tarantino just kind of makes movies about nothing that are entertaining. Yeah. So that's kind of like they're, you know, what they have against him. But this movie is definitely about something, and it's about Leonardo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, um, going through this period of where he's feeling worthless, and he has to cope with not being the, you know, front and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of reviews, and I, I find this interesting. Maybe this happens every single time there's a Tarantino movie come out. But I've seen a lot of reviews just talk about, like, complain about how there's no plot to this movie. But, I mean, like, most Tarantino movies, there's not, like, a straight-through plot. I I didn't really understand, like, the... I mean, they're... they're well, I think some of his more recent ones have... I mean, yeah. Pulp Fiction doesn't really... I, Django does, I guess. Django does, and Glorious Bastards does, for the most part. Hateful Eight definitely does. I guess maybe, yeah, it's his older stuff. This is kind of more Kill reminiscent of his older stuff. Yes, definitely. And I think that's kind of where it is, like, the comparison to Pulp Fiction comes in. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Where it's more, yeah, Reservoir Dogs, where it's more sitting and talking than, like, just action mm-hmm. a lot. Um, But uh, let's see. 
one thing we have to talk about is this movie is maybe the funniest Tarantino movie. It's definitely up there. It's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny. There's, there's some. This is a comedy. <laughs> really. It is. There's, I. It was. It was really funny. I saw. I actually saw this on vacation with my grandma, and I wasn't sure how she. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure how she'd feel about it. I know she's she's pretty open to like most types of movies and whatever, and uh, she lived through this time period or whatever. So I was kind of interested to see what she'd have to say about it. But we were both laughing several times just throughout this movie. There's several scenes that are played entirely for comedy, and they work really well. Yeah, it's a great, funny movie if you're into Tarantino humor, at least. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, with every Tarantino movie comes a great soundtrack. I don't think this movie let us down in that department. No, no. that It was constantly bombarding you with uh, period songs, and it really, it really worked. Anything else you want to add before we give our ratings, Holden? Um, no, because there's just a lot of stuff to talk about in spoilers, I guess. All right. I think the last thing I'm going to say is that easily the best part of this movie is the ending. Yeah, in my opinion. the ending is great. <laughs> Unless you're just a party pooper, I guess, just, and didn't like the ending. There's also a lot of uh, actors that pop up in this movie that I didn't know were going to be in it. So that was interesting, too. Keep an eye out for some that, of your. Sparse. Keep an eye out for some of your favorite cameos. There you go. I'm gonna give this Holden a nine out of ten. Uh. I'm gonna give it eight and a half. There you go. I think that's the third movie in a row I've given a nine out of ten to. Wow. But there you go. I think we've seen some pretty solid movies lately. We have. It's been a good summer because we haven't seen Lion is... King. <laughs> <laughs> or Aladdin. Yeah. There you go. All right, Holden, you ready to move into non or into spoilers? I'm so ready. I want to discuss. All right. This is your last warning. We're into spoilers. Holden, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, uh Do you want to talk about the scene that you didn't like that much or whatever? Yeah. So I didn't I wouldn't say I just didn't like it. I just think it didn't have the payoff for me and that would be the uh brad pitt's visit to spawn ranch Mm -hmm. with all the hippies yeah and it's supposed to be tense and you feel the tension um where they're saying all the stuff and it sounds like it's just so made up yeah and it ends up all being 100 percent true and that was kind of like okay (laughs) and then he's like gonna leave and they're all like look like they're gonna like attack him and uh, they slash his tire and he just beats the guy up and tells him <laughs> to fix his tire and then it looks like they're gonna come and get him and they don't and he drives off and i was like wow that was i i just it didn't feel like that was worth like the whole i don't know 15 minutes or whatever it was that that scene took i mean it was a lo- it was it was extended long. it was lengthy see it did not and I don't think it really added anything. It, the only thing it added really directly to the plot, I think, was that he recognized the people at the end. Mm-hmm. But I think there was another way to do that. I really liked that the whole scene. <laughs> Why? I It was just like, I it was kind of tense for me, but I, I kind of expected it to turn out the way it did in terms of he like the guy was alive and whatever. Um, and I... 
I looked up afterwards, and that's like all real. Like that guy was actually there. Oh yeah, this is all the real stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that part of the story. Um, but yeah, I I just thought the whole scene was really entertaining, and I understand that it didn't really add a whole lot to the plot. But that's kind of like Tarantino does that a lot anyway. Um, and him not actually fighting uh, Tex at the end of the scene I, it was. A classic Tarantino subversion of expectations. Uh, I was kind of waiting for that to happen, especially since they like followed Tex riding around on his horse for like a minute and a half or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I thought it was really entertaining, and Brad Pitt carries it, and he's he's funny in it. I also, I also just didn't like think it, it like fit a sensical person, which I guess Brad Pitt's character. Uh, Cliff Booth I mean, is probably not a sensical person. Mm-hmm. We can get into that too. But I'm like, dude, why are you risking your life to see this guy it's not, who's definitely inevitably not going to care about you, yeah. which he doesn't? I'm like, any sane person here would be like, yeah, no, I don't think this is worth that. And I think Brad Pitt's character in this movie is like selfish and self-centered enough to not put his life on the line to make sure this guy's okay or to just you know get a whole bunch of hippies in trouble you know i feel like he wouldn't really care he's like yeah whatever man you guys just do what you're gonna do i'm gonna go home because you're all like 12 (laughs) yeah i i can understand that like him being selfish that doesn't make the most sense i to me I, him like going into the the cabin and looking for him and like basically forcing his way in like he was i mean it's all these like really small women he was probably just like oh that they're not gonna do anything to me i'm like this big strong uh stunt man i can i can take what they throw at me unless it's a gun <laughs> <laughs> i can take a bruce lee and <laughs> check it into a car yeah uh i don't know i i thought the whole scene was very good well, there you I go. don't. I don't I, have a lot to say about it. I guess uh, that scene. Maybe I'll like it better the second time, but I feel like this is going to be the movie or, or the scene where I'm going to be like, ah, oh, this scene when I get to it in the, when I rewatch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, other things I want to talk about. What did you think of how they handled Sharon Tate in this movie? Yeah, uh, that that's I've I've read a lot of articles about that. Uh, that was kind of what I mentioned earlier. Um. I thought it was fine. I would have liked her to play a bigger part in the movie, but it's it's whatever. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was at the after the credits rolled, I was like, "Oh, so she was just kind of a red herring. That seems kind of cheap." But then I thought about it more and I'm like, "No, this is like she's like the embodiment of like this nostalgia for this 60s age of Hollywood I think like it is this fantasy of like the what could be and how people viewed Hollywood Mm. and like stardom and like what the the dream was and I think it it just is the embodiment of that idea that's true and especially the scene if, if this movie did not have the scene where she goes to the theater and watches herself in the movie and sees everybody loving it and she just is so happy and feels so fulfilled if that scene wasn't in this movie i thought that they would have completely botched how they her implementation of this movie but since it was in there i thought it 
it did add value to it and that she was not just a red herring and that they did not just waste Margot Robbie in their role um, and that they did not, you know, historically and like ethically handle the murder of this, like the horrendous murder of this person. I thought they actually handled Sharon Tate quite well. Well, and the Sharon Tate her her getting murdered is kind of considered the end of that golden age of Hollywood. Like that moment is considered that. And yeah. so her uh, living at the end of the movie is kind of representative of the Hollywood ideals kind of living on despite what actually happened. Wow. That's how that I, beautiful. Yeah, right. That's how you read it in an article that someone else wrote. No, that, no, I didn't read about that. All the articles I read oh. were complaining about like how Margot Robbie or how Sharon Tate was treated like nothing in this movie. Um, well, see, I don't read any articles. I just <laughs> okay. see some random people complaining. I'm like, okay, I just go in, man. This is my unadulterated opinion. I have nothing to sway me good for better or worse (laughs) no Uh, i so yeah i i yeah she's she's fine and margot robbie does a good job all right uh one thing i will kind of complain about is charles manson i thought manson didn't do what he didn't do anything he was literally in one scene i was so surprised like I could not believe he was not in any way involved in the ending. I can't believe he's alive at the end of this movie. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. It, it, it was, it was like baffle. I, I wonder if there's like scenes cut or something because he is literally just in one yeah. scene, correct? Yeah, he is. And like, and then there's we, nothing. We, I mean, it just don't, shows him, and then he's gone. We don't get a sense if the guy's like a, a good Charles Manson, really. I mean, he looks creepy, but like, we don't. <laughs> you look creepy. Uh, that doesn't yeah. mean you'd be a good Charles Manson. I mean, I am creepy, but <laughs> um, yeah, I I was so surprised by that because up until the very end of the movie, I was still expecting him to show up at any point. And I knew he wasn't going to be in it that much because I, I mean, I was uh, fully aware that this movie wasn't completely about the Manson murders and everything. Like some people yeah. seem to think it was, um, but yeah, it was still an astonishing small appearance. Yeah. I could not believe he was not involved in the ending, which uh, I think we should talk about the ending. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Thoughts <laughs> on the ending of this movie <laughs> the ending is pretty great it's um it's tarantino at his best doing what he loves most which is lots of violence and doing it really over the top <laughs> lots of blood everywhere lots of just people fighting slamming heads onto mantles you know dogs bite. repeatedly <laughs> yeah repeatedly dogs biting another <laughs> man's uh, family jewels off you know <laughs> i saw i saw that coming the entire i'm like there's no way this movie's gonna end without this dog just <laughs> ripping into someone's balls <laughs> yeah um that, that, that entire and then to end it with <laughs> with leonardo dicaprio burning the one chick with a with a flamethrower <laughs> <laughs> that scene is gonna be one of the greatest Tarantino moments ever. 
if not the greatest. <laughs> I mean, it is gonna. It is so iconic, instantaneously. It was so good. <laughs> and one of my favorite parts is just at the end when he's talking to um, uh, the what's the uh, the guy in real life's name, the Ro- Roman Polan- Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski, the director. <laughs> I love it when he's talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, I just torched her." <laughs> or whatever. No, that that it's, wasn't. Oh wait, he's not talking to Roman. That Plan. was who's the he other talking to? Guy. Oh yeah, the other guy. <laughs> that she's Jay, I think his name is something. Yeah, like that. something like that. He's like, yeah, I just torched her. <laughs> <laughs> the flamethrower. And then, yeah, I still have. Yeah, they're like, and he's like, oh, from that one movie. He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that old dog. He's like, just got attacked by a bunch of hippies. <laughs> <laughs> I also kept just thinking of Eric Cartman. I'm not sure what why. Because he hates hippies. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> like hippies, hippies <laughs> everywhere, and he's like trying to kill all the hippies all the time. Jimmy watches South Park for those of you who yeah. haven't listened to like the last ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just the ending is absurd. I will say, I think it could have been more absurd. I think there could have been more people involved. I think Charles Manson should have been there. Yeah, I. I think he should have. I think Charles Manson should have been the one to get torn. They should have had like Sharon Tate slit Charles Manson's throat. I was I was thinking that. I was thinking Sharon Tate as the movie was going on. Like as the movie was going on, I'm like there's no way that they're going to kill Sharon Tate here. That no. would just be so like <laughs> that would just be so offensive. Yeah. In the worst way. I'm like there's they're absolutely going to attack brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio and the way it played out was you know what i thought it excellent i thought it was really interesting how when they were like approaching the house for the first time before leonardo dicaprio yells at them and brad pitt is out walking his dog they like pass right by him how did they not like recognize him or how does he not recognize them because like it was night he's on acid so yeah but like the ass had the acid started yet I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't think it's important. No, it's not. It's... But that was that was something that like my grandma like pointed out. She's like, Why did they not recognize each other? Well it was a night. It was the middle of the I night. Know. It was like after but the there, night. But there were headlights on the car. Whatever, Holden. <laughs> Maybe the headlight did it's a fast car, you know. Yeah. It's a fast walker. Okay, sure. What, yeah, whatever. That wasn't what they were focused <laughs> I, on. I know. <laughs> Charles Manson should have died. He should have. my case. But other than that, flawless ending. Well, really. we'll get to see that guy play Charles Manson in Mindhunter later this uh, this August. So, Oh, there we it's go. the same actor. As- assuming I watch season one in time. You should watch it because it's my, good. My track record isn't great. No. <laughs> <laughs> Watching seasons before the next season comes out of shows I intend to watch. I would rather you watch Stranger Things because I really want to talk about that. We're going to do, like, okay. a really late Stranger Things review sometime. <laughs> Probably when season four comes out. Or just um, middle when it, when we have an open week. All right. A couple things I still want to talk about with this movie. The one I alluded to earlier, uh, the one side character who really added something to the movie for me was the little girl Yeah, she was actor. good. I thought she was excellent in that scene, and I thought her and DiCaprio's chemistry was just great especially mm-hmm. when she's like uh 
that was like the best acting I've ever seen. And he like, oh, oh. Also, the scene with DiCaprio in the trailer yelling at himself yeah. <laughs> is so funny. I thought that was hilarious. That was pretty good. Um, if you don't do good, I'm going to blow your fucking brains out. <laughs> All over the pool. All over the pool. It's like That's a, is that a callback just... to Great Gatsby? Uh, oh, <laughs> good catch, Holden. It is, Ooh. I think. Unintentionally, intentionally, who knows? Probably unintentionally. Well, Probably maybe, inti- maybe not. But good good catch there. I haven't seen that movie, but I, yeah, I read the book. So. Yeah, so you know what happens. Yeah, I know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say the trailer did ruin a few punchlines for me, unfortunately, I think. Um. Especially with the Bruce Lee scene. Yeah, because the best... I think that would have been funnier. The best line of that scene is in the trailer. Yeah, it would have been way funnier <laughs> just watching it. That scene is, is pretty good, though. I I don't know. I To me, Bruce Lee doesn't really add anything again. And he's training, like, Margot Robbie to fight. So I'm like, we're building to this, right? And mm. then she doesn't. I was like, okay. Well, I don't know. I thought I I think it yeah. was fair for that scene to be in there because like Leonardo DiCaprio has like a lot of scenes of him uh either watching his past work when he was at like the height of his career and stuff or reminiscing or whatever and we don't really get that through Cliff a lot. And so here we get him actually doing a job when he was getting a lot of work. Yeah. I think I think it was a fair scene to add. And then just adding like Bruce Lee and stuff, it was like, oh, here's more famous people from the past. Yeah. Um, and then my final question, did Cliff Booth actually kill his wife? What are your thoughts? I don't care. You don't care? No. I feel like that was just not necessary to have in there at all. Um Yeah, I don't know. If they weren't gonna like definitive, if Tarantino wasn't gonna definitively in, uh, decide, I didn't think it was like. I as soon as they brought it up, I knew they weren't gonna answer that. I was I was almost certain that was gonna be just ambiguous. I mean, he probably did. <laughs> I think so too, but I don't know. It makes me. It's like weird to root for his character then, even though he's really likable. Yeah. Well, his wife kind of seemed like a bitch, so. you said that i did not i'm not taking any ownership of that (laughs) it's a movie (laughs) (laughs) that concludes our review of once upon a time i'm not done in hollywood they okay keep going i'm done um well so when i was talking about i think like the first part of this movie is just really slow and I think it kind of starts just from the very first scene the first scene is really weird I thought because he like the one he, he meets in the, the, casting. the interview or the one in the bar oh okay the bar not the interview yeah I did I thought that scene didn't really click for me either it was like well and okay so there there were a couple things that were weird about it first of all like Al Pacino I could not understand what he was saying <laughs> like his whatever accent he has was very thick and noticeable in this movie and I could not understand a lot of what he was saying um and 
they have like one or two examples of narration here and then it doesn't show up until the end of the movie no and it's kurt russell yeah who shows up later in this movie as well uh, that was it should have been sam jackson yeah if they that would have been good and i didn't think the narration was funny either no well and yeah so they he did a tarantino did a similar thing in hateful eight where like just kind of three-fourths of the way through the movie they they start narrating parts of it and that kind of that worked better in that i think i thought it worked better too because that at least then it wasn't like just inconsistent throughout the movie it was just kind of at one point in the movie it just happens and it was tarantino himself which was neat yeah i (laughs) i think tarantino should have been one of the members of the manson family that would have been good that would have been so funny oh my gosh he should have made a cameo in this self-deprecating that would have made that would have made this movie great he uh, even greater he uh yeah that would have been that would have been pretty funny i'm trying to think if there's anything else i want to talk about um oh i do want to met uh him filming the or leonardo dicaprio filming the the lancer that was i love yeah. that scene i liked the second one where he gives like the really good performance i liked the first the one, one where was he's a little, holding the girl yeah yeah that was great i thought the first i think there's two i thought the first one was that was still kind of in the part of the movie that i thought was dragging a bit and i thought that wasn't helping a whole lot but apparently i didn't realize that's a real show I didn't. It is. Yeah, I didn't know. Lancers are real, and so uh, Timmy Olif- Timothy Oliphant's character, um, he's he, yeah, he's playing the actual character from the show, and whatever. Yeah, I thought there it was have it. pretty good. All right, you done? Yep, I'm done. All right, Olden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? Uh, well, so as I have previously mentioned several times, I just got back from vacation, which is part of the reason why we didn't have an episode last week, and also just because we did want to review Lion King. So, um, yeah, got back from that. I had a good time. Went up to Jazz Fest, and then uh, spent a week at Lake Okoboji in Iowa, and did just a bunch of really fun things, like sitting around and doing nothing. Uh, which was nice. Um, I watched, uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, I just watched Clerks last night. Have you ever seen Clerks? Nope. Clerks is pretty funny. It's, I think it's, it's his first movie, but I think it's considered his best movie. Um, it's, it's funny it's really funny because the writing's really good it, it was made on a budget of like twenty three thousand or something like that um and it's all filmed in black and white and the acting in it is pretty bad it's not like offensively it's not offensively bad but it's not good but i was i was and i don't <laughs> when i say this i don't want you to like take it serious like super seriously but when i was watching it the dialogue and like because it's a very dialogue driven movie the dialogue was very tarantino-esque to me like it seemed like a comedy like 
Tarantino style of writing. It's not like as good as Tarantino writing, but it was very similar and it was v still very entertaining. Um, so I had a good time with that movie. I would recommend it, Jimmy. You should watch it. There you it's go. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah. And besides that, not really a lot has happened because I've been away. haven't really watched a lot. I've been watching a lot of BoJack Horseman, actually, and that show just keeps getting better. It's so good. I, I can't stop watching it. I'm most of the way through season three right now. It's really funny and also really depressing. It, there you it go. balances it real well. Um, That's probably it because I really haven't played a lot. I start. Yeah, I was. Also, oh, I was. Just, uh, I started very briefly Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There you go. But how was the very brief intro? Uh, well, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't, who cares, which is probably no one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Lara Croft just kills a bunch of innocent people at the beginning of the game. Sounds like, great. <laughs> like kind of on accident, but it's kind of her own fault. She like she basically creates this tsunami that just like destroys this entire Mexican city I'm just like Jesus Christ <laughs> but alright okay. yeah that's it for me um, yeah I had a family reunion too so uh, and actually one of my cousins came up to me and told me that she listens to the podcast pretty regularly wow. so shout out to Jesse my cousin who listens to the podcast thank you very much for listening to us Thank uh, you. We gla we're glad we enjoyed it. Uh, we're glad you enjoyed it. Anyway. <laughs> we, we, I don't enjoy I it. I don't either. <laughs> we don't en <laughs> we're just doing this for the money. We're on contract with Disney <laughs> to do this, so we really don't have a choice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had a f little family reunion. That was fun seeing uh, a lot of family members that I don't get to see all the time. But uh, in terms of what I've been doing, I finally finish the main story of red dead redemption 2 i'm currently wow. plugging away at the like five hour epilogue i'm almost done with that so almost there almost to the finish line i gotta say i do like red dead redemption 2 i think it's quite a good game i think the narrative is quite good was it the, is just so long was the ending My satisfying goodness. i thought the ending was quite satisfying there was a thing that happened at the end that was quite sad, and I sh probably should have seen it coming, but I didn't. John um, Marston gets shot. Oh, wait, yep, that's, that's what that's happens. The, that's the first game. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> An alien comes down, blows his head off. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that's really in, in terms... Oh, I know what I did. I also played... I think I had started this. I forgot to mention it on the other podcast, but I finished playing Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Oh, what you think? Well. I played through that. I quite liked it, except I thought the more they explained things, the less interested I was in anything. Okay. If that... Yes, no? I, I agree, disagree? I'm... I can see what you're saying, but I thought all of it was I very good. I definitely liked the first couple hours better than the rest of it i would say okay like yeah i think the more supernatural everything became and the more they started pulling back the pulling back the curtain that what was actually happening the less frightened i was and the less like 
interested I was. And there's like a point in the game too where they like reset you in terms of like your items and they completely change your character for a while and your environment. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I at that point I was like kind of ready to be done with the game, so I was like, ah, oh, I got it. And it's like a labyrinth sort of thing. And I was playing it on the normal difficulty, and I should have been playing it on the easy. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't wanna. Yeah, that. I don't have to worry about my ammo and. Uh... I've pl- <laughs> I've I've played it twice through all the way through now, and yeah, that ship parts, the part that drags the most. It's probably the it's probably my least favorite part of the game. I like the like all the rest of it though quite a lot. I like the saw sort of one part where you're like in a trapped in a room, got to get out. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you, that was one of my favorite parts of the game. Did you get the version with like all the DLC and stuff? Nope, oh. I did not unfortunately. Okay. The well, some of them are free. Some of the expansions are free. I know. Yes. Um, and I you should play the expansions the expansions are pretty good i would recommend them one of them you play as a uh you you play as a uh a hillbilly who the entire game just fights things with his fists there it's you go pretty good um anyway you're about ready to wrap this up holden uh yeah Got another one in the book are we uh we doing hobbs and shaw next week <laughs> is that next yeah, week? yeah it right? is Oh yeah, <laughs> count me in. Buckle up. Move, move over. Once upon a time in Hollywood. This was actually my <laughs> secret most anticipated movie of the year. So um, every every trailer, it just gets better and better every time I see any promotional thing for it. I'm so ready to go. I've not seen. It. I've not met a person who's seen the trailer and been and not said they were looking forward to it. Uh, I th- I can't. I think it's I can't remember. I think w- someone in my family thinks it like doesn't look funny and I'm like no, it looks hilarious. I don't know what you're talking Scott about. Scott Sutter. Scott, Come it's on, probably Scott, Scott Sutter. Classic <laughs> Scott. Um yeah, I'm so excited for it. I'm probably there's there was a video I saw uh on YouTube and recommended that was like a uh, a 20 minute recap of the Fast and Furious movies. I think I'm just going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You know all of our social media stuff. If you don't, you know how to use the internet. Go find us on Facebook and Twitter and our Gmail, which is Jimmy. Tompodcast (laughs) at gmail.com. T-O-M-P podcast at gmail.com. Email us questions, comments, uh, feedback. We'd love to hear it. Jimmy, I have a request for you to start uploading on YouTube again, so from who from my brother who doesn't have any other way of listening to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) okay logan slash xander we'll see it's logan all right logan oh in that case then no all right see you guys next week ish bye